Welcome to the Highly Spirited Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie McNew. I love cocktails and I love the macabre. So every week I'm bringing you a cocktail recipe in history and some ghost stories. So let's get ready to get lit and get scared. Welcome back and happy September, y'all. I can't believe we're wrapping up summer and heading right into Labor Day weekend already. I finally got my pool cleared up and we might have like two good weeks left with it, maybe a week and a half. There was just so much rain in late July, early August. There was like two weeks. I just couldn't get in it and algae kind of took over. It looked like a bright green science experiment happening in our backyard during that time. It was not great. (laughs) I finally got it together. And then now it, it was like too cold to get in now. And it's not cold at all. It's 80 degrees. We just, it's just not a hundred with the humidity like we had had. So I think it's cold and the water is cold and it's getting chilly at night. So no swimming this week. I hope we can this weekend. I mean, who doesn't want to be in a pool or a lake Labor Day weekend? And I think next week we get to enjoy it. So yeah, two, two more weeks of pool season left. Um, it was a rough season with it actually. So hopefully next year I kind of know what I'm doing better. And I don't have like literally looked like a bright green witch's cauldron in my yard for a hot minute, but it looks good now. The water's clear. Um, I'm not like going out of my way to like, you know, keep treating it. Cause we're going to dump it in two weeks, but it's definitely usable now, which I'm very, very happy about. But anyways, this is a fun, huge weekend for water fans with pools and boats alike, kind of like a big final hurrah to be out on the lake. So with that, we're going to be covering haunted and cursed lakes today, which I cannot wait to get into, but we need a cocktail first. Today's cocktail is the lake water cocktail, and there's no real or exciting history to this cocktail. It's mostly just a basic bitch Pinterest recipe that's fun for a lake or a pool day because it's bright blue and you can batch it ahead of time if you're going to serve a large group. And it's not super complicated or complex, but it is fun. This is not something you're going to serve your bougie cocktail friends. Like, no, this is something you're going to serve your party friends, the ones that really don't give a shit what alcohol's in it. They really don't care about flavors or nuances. They just want it to look pretty and taste good. And this one, it hits those marks. It's good for a hot day. So not fancy by any means. I mean, you can like stick a like orange wedge or an umbrella in it and feel nice, but it's not like uh you know, it's not a mixologist cocktail by any means. I would absolutely serve it at a party though, especially if there's going to be a large group of people because you can batch it. So it's like, it's almost like a punch. So the lake water cocktail consists of, if you're not going to batch it, if you're just going to make one drink with it, it is one and a half ounces of blue carousel, one and a half ounces of Malibu coconut rum, and then a splash of dull pineapple juice. So you don't even need a shaker for this one. Just add it to a rocks glass filled with ice and stir it with a bar spoon. Super easy peasy. It is good. Um, This is one that'll give me a hangover though because there's quite a bit of like sugariness to it. I can't have very many of them. But if you do want a lot of them and you don't care if you have a hangover the next day, um, you can batch it. And I would just use a half bottle of the Malibu, half bottle of the blue carousel, and then a fourth bottle of the pineapple juice. Just throw that all in a pitcher or a carafe with ice and just call it a day. Give it a quick stir. It'll sit there all day and be just fine. Or if you want to know, like, go balls to the wall, use the whole bottles of everything. Just dump them in there like it's college and we're making jungle juice. <laughs> so it's so easy. You can't really mess it up. And you can actually add more or less, you know, booze per your taste. So that is the lake water cocktail. I'm going to take a quick break and we will be right back with some Haunted Lake.
Hey, did you guys know that I also have a candle company? I very recently started making spooky little Halloween candles and people are loving them. They think they're so cute. They almost say they're too cute to burn. And with that, I say, you know what? Buy two, burn one and save one. They come in all kinds of shapes and colors. So check it out. They are live on Etsy. It is etsy.com slash the Gothic Glow Candle Co. Check it out. I would be more than thrilled to send you guys a candle. And I'm back. There's always something nerve-wracking and slightly off-putting about water you can't see to the bottom of. However, that's never really bothered me too much. I will always jump into a lake before I would a public swimming pool any day of the week. And sure, there might be like unknown creatures lurking under there. If they bite my leg off, they bite my leg off. I'll probably be fine. But what if there were ghosts lurking beneath the water? What if that water was cursed in some way over the years? There's something inherently creepy about lakes that are really reservoirs that were man-made and flooded entire towns to be created. Those towns had lives and energy in them. They also had cemeteries. A lot of these cemeteries weren't fully moved before the flooding, and perhaps some of those spirits are quite pissed that their final resting place is now a watery grave. There's a reservoir near me called Brookville Lake, and it is one of those situations, but I haven't heard of it being haunted. I'm sure there's graves and stuff they didn't move, but I don't hear a lot about Brookville being haunted or weird happenings going on there. Maybe I should look more into it. But Lake Lanier in Georgia, however, is one of these reservoirs, and it seems quite angry, active, and haunted. Lake Lanier is a man-made lake in North Georgia. It was created in 1956 by the Army Corps of Engineers to provide hydroelectricity to the state and a water source to the city of Atlanta and to control flooding of the Chattahoochee River. And it has taken me this long in life to realize that Alan Jackson was talking about the Chattahoochee River in his 1992 song called Chattahoochee. It makes a lot more sense now. I'm a little slow. <laughs> Anyways, back on track. Lake Lanier was created by flooding a little town by the name of Oscarville, Georgia. Around 200 people were displaced to do this. They were forced from their homes, businesses, and churches. Obviously, they took what belongings they could, and they weren't rushed out by any means, but I think it's sad to see a house that you paid for and you build a life in, and it's not the house you're going to have your whole life or pass down to your children. They just flooded it like it didn't even matter. Like, you know, all the love and work you put into it, you know, fuck that. We're going to make a lake. You know, like you can't even drive by it and like reminisce about it anymore. So that makes me sad. 50,000 acres of farmland were also destroyed by creating this lake, as well as about 20 cemeteries. The bodies in those cemeteries were supposed to be moved and reinterred elsewhere, but there's no guarantee that happened, especially if the deceased no longer had any living relatives to contact. Lake Lanier was named after Sidney Lanier, who was a Georgian poet and Confederate soldier. And I'm honestly surprised the name has not been changed yet, just with like, you know, the way the world is. Surprised they're still leaving it named after a Confederate guy. Anyways, before the lake was created, the counties around Oscarville already had a pretty dark history. Forsyth County to be specific. In 1912, a black man named Rob Edwards was lynched for a suspected crime. And suspected is very much in quotation marks here. This lynching led to the white residents forcing out the 1,100 other black residents out of Forsyth County with violence and terrorism. They literally just formed mobs to terrorize the black residents until they just had no other choice but to pack up and leave. It was a horrible situation. 
So given this history of wrongdoing and naming the lake after a Confederate soldier, there's no damn surprise this lake is haunted. The ancestors are pissed and out for revenge. Over the years since the lake has existed, over 700 people have died. People use this lake for recreational swimming and boating, and you know there's going to be a lot of drinking and partying on lake days. But still, 700 seems steep. It's been open for 67 years now, and that's an average of 10 people drowning or dying here per year. Truly an astronomical number. It can't just be dumb boating and drinking accidents at this point. In my opinion, there's definitely some pissed off spirits at play here too. Local authorities try to blame the accidents on tourists who don't know the topography well enough, who might be less careful and not follow all the safety rules. Like, it kind of seems like a cover-up. Although the lake does average about 10 million visitors a year, it's still an insane number of deaths on a yearly basis. And I know Georgia has a longer, you know, lake season than Indiana would, but it's not even all year you're going to the lake for recreation. It's, it's 10 a year is just, that's almost one a month. They're just shy of one a month of people dying yearly on this lake. That's insane. The ghost stories of Lake Lanier started pretty quickly after it was finished in 1958. Two women were walking on a bridge near Lake Lanier and had and both had fallen in and drowned. One woman was extracted, but her hands were missing. She came out with just two bloody stumps for wrists. This led to the story of the Lady of the Lake, who apparently can still be seen with bloody wrists pacing on the bridge she fell off of looking for her hands. Another tale of the Lady of the Lake varies greatly from that one. And that's one of the things I love most about haunted places. They're haunted for sure, but how and why and who they're all haunted by can be a wildly different tale depending on who's telling it to you. The second tale of the Lady of the Lake is apparently the spirit of a woman who was drowned in a boating accident and her body was never recovered. The spirit of this lady is said to roam the lake in a blue dress. Of course, it's another lady in blue. Traditional ghost trope, they're always in blue or white. But if mysterious arms come up from the water and grab you while you're swimming, it's her trying to pull you down to drown with her. There's also a story of a little boy who drowned at the lake who still may roam the shorelines. Boaters and swimmers alike have reported hearing him cry out for help, but when they go look for him, no little boy can be found. There's also a shadowy figure of a fisherman on a raft. He doesn't seem to move much, he just kind of sways back and forth, and he has a lantern on the raft with him. You can't ever get close enough to ask how the fishing is today because once you do, he just disappears into thin air. Lake Lanier is pretty spooky and I do truly believe in my heart of hearts that it is haunted and that there are more pissed off spirits than we even know about still lurking deep inside it. But the real reason so many people have died here is probably because of the way it was built. The depths have insane variances. You could be swimming along with your feet touching the bottom feeling safe, and then boom, there's a 30-foot drop-off. Droughts and water levels also cause issues. When the water is low, parts of the old town can catch the bottom of boats and propellers, causing them to get stuck or cause damage. Diving has also been a risk with the unknown water levels. At any time, that cliff someone dove from last week was fine. Might put them right on top of a sunken building this time. (laughs) It just really depends. It changes so often. There's been so many risks. There's even been petitions signed to have Lake Lanier shut down from recreation, but I don't think it'll ever happen because it brings tourists and tourists bring money. At the time I'm recording this, there have been six deaths already this year and it's only September. 
The weekend of July 31st, two were found dead and one person reported missing. One of the men was a 61-year-old who had jumped from a boat to cool off in the water. Shortly after he jumped, he appeared distressed and yelled to the rest of his party on the boat to throw him a life vest. But by the time it reached him, it was too late. He was already going under and he just never came up. The other person that died that weekend was a 27-year-old who jumped off a dock and was electrocuted. And that is so young, but I feel like at 27, you know better than to jump off a dock like that. It is so dangerous because there's always almost always power running through there. And even more recently, Sunday, August 27th, a 23-year-old drowned while swimming. He went underwater and never came up. His body was found later the same day by rescuers in only 10 feet of water. And it's so tragic, And but you cannot convince me a healthy 23-year-old couldn't get himself up out of the water. Like, even if there's an undercurrent, I feel like that age and like that, it's kind of when your body is at its peak almost, like you're going to be able to pull yourself out of situations most of the time. Cannot convince me he wasn't being held down or pulled down by something. The Gardner Lake in Norwich, Connecticut is also said to be haunted. Haunted by a whole ass house and not a dead person, not spirits. Back in 1895, a man named Thomas LeCount, who was a successful grocer, wanted to move his house across the lake to the East Bay. It was a gorgeous two-story, fully furnished home. Being a smart and efficient man, he thought it would be easier to move the house straight across the lake in the winter when the lake was frozen rather than to go around the lake on land in the summer. After all, the shortest way between two points is a straight line. I did learn that in math class, that's about it. While he was moving the house, the ice wasn't as frozen as he thought it was, and it started to break through and sink. The crew tried to save it and pull it back up, but with no luck. The house and its furnishings sank to the bottom of the lake. Swimmers, divers, and boaters ever since have reported hearing the sound of a piano playing apparently from nowhere. No human being died or drowned when this house sank, and according to the owner, the house was not previously haunted, but it was furnished with a piano. Some believe the piano sound is the house itself reminding them that they are still there. And I love this because I do believe that houses and cars can have like spirits and personalities. Like how many people do you know name their car or boat? You can name your house too. I mean, maybe he did. (laughs) So I do truly believe like this house maybe had its own personality. Like, you know, you put life into your houses. They do kind of develop their own personalities. So it sank, it plays its creepy little piano tunes to the swimmers and divers, just kind of saying, hey, still here, say hi. So yeah, that is the haunted piano and house of the lake in Norwich. Lake Franconcoma, Long Island, New York. If you're a single young male, perhaps avoid this lake. Legend has it, at one point, a young Indian maiden fell in love with a colonizer. Their love was, of course, forbidden, This led to a battle that led to her lover's death, which led her to tie a heavy rock to herself and then launch herself into the lake. As she sank down, she swore revenge on the entire town. Her revenge curse was that the town would lose one young male resident per year to the lake. And a lot of Long Islanders won't even go into it. And I mean, it is filled with algae most swimming seasons, so it does get shut down more often than not. But locals do truly believe the story of the Indian princess. 160 men died in this lake from the 1800s to the 1970s. So, you know, that kind of body count, I might believe it too. White Rock Lake near Dallas, Texas has its own Lady of the Lake. 
And I do think I've talked about her before. It was either in the Ladies in White episode from earlier this summer or in the Texas Ghost episode from season one. If you don't remember it, that's fine. I'm going to retell it now. In 1943, a young couple drove to the lake for a date and parked. Along the shoreline, they noticed a girl in a white dress walking towards them. She was soaking wet. She knocked on their window in much distress and asked for a ride home. She apologized profusely for getting their seat wet along the way. She gave them an address in the Oak Cliff neighborhood. When they arrived at the address she had given them, she had disappeared from the back seat. But the couple decided to get out, and they told the story to the man who answered the door. He told them they were the third people who had come to his door this week, and that his daughter had in fact drowned in White Rock Lake when her boat flipped over. A similar occurrence happened to a couple in the mid-1950s, except the address the girl gave them, she was again wearing a white dress, soaking wet, the address she gave them was on Gaston Avenue. They drove her there, but as soon as they turned onto the avenue, she vanished from their backseat. The man who answered the door at that address also confirmed his daughter had died in a lake when her boat flipped over. Lake Monroe, Bloomington, Indiana. This lake is located about halfway between where I live and Louisville, Kentucky. Bloomington is home to Indiana University, formerly one of the nation's best party schools. <laughs> and it makes sense that Lake Monroe is known to be kind of a party lake. It's a recreational man-made lake, and just like Lake Lanier, it was created by the Army Corps of Engineers. So many people either drown or get injured in boating and swimming accidents on this lake every single year. So much so, I'm one of the many who stopped to say, oh my god, that lake has to be haunted, or something else weird is just going on there. I mean, accidents can happen, especially when drunk idiots drive boats or jump into lakes, but there's got to be something else, something deeper. And it took me some digging, but I found it. Lake Monroe did not become Lake Monroe until the 1960s. Before that, it was a town known as Painesville and Elkinsville. That, of course, had homes, businesses, churches, cemeteries, farmland surrounding it. All the things that towns would have. So it's another flooded town reservoir situation. The other thing underneath Lake Monroe is known as Site 81 that was built in 1946. It was a government building and research site. This was apparently very secretive, almost like Indiana's very own Area 51. And I don't know if we had aliens per se, but we certainly had something. There are all kinds of files on space anomalies, geolocation maps, videos, and more. The site was also known as the SCP Foundation, SCP standing for Secure, Contain, Protect. It was absolutely a place full of secrets, a place the government wouldn't want you to know about. And, you know, instead of locking it down like they did Area 51, you know, why not just drown it? Just <laughs> throw some water over it. Let's pretend it's not there. But it is believed this place still exists, but it's hidden beneath the water treatment plant. So it's almost like a little underwater bunker, if you believe that. So my real question here is, is Lake Monroe really needed as a water source or a damming thing? Or was the government just trying to cover up a secret research center in the middle of Indiana? And this thing, this thing is so interesting to me. I spent way too much time <laughs> deep diving into it. And I'm not going to go on all that here. But if you want to deep dive and have like 48 hours of your weekend to waste, just Google Site 81 Lake Monroe, Indiana. 
you're going to find some shit. Like, this is a rabbit hole, okay? But if an alien comes to get you or the men in black come to erase your mind after you do this, do not blame me, okay? <laughs> Leave me out of it. And that's going to be it for today, guys. Please give us a like and a follow and tell a friend. And hell, it's a cookout weekend. Make make your friends listen to Highly Spirited Podcast with you over some burgers and beers. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Hey guys, did you know I have a new book out? It's called Drinking with the Stars, Cocktails for the Zodiac. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It is a fun little book that pairs a cocktail with each zodiac sign. So inside is a little blurb about your star sign and then the cocktail I think best pairs with it. It's really fun to go through and make these cocktails. So check it out. It's available on Amazon and I can post a link in the show notes. Cheers. Cheers.